it's got to be a feeling like we're connected to something bigger than us, something bigger than us. And so that when, when you're connected to something bigger, the, the selfishness and the ego tends to take a seat on the side because it isn't about us. It's about my effect on other people. And when you realize that something's bigger than us, you'll withstand the adversity, the setbacks. It's time to get inside your own head. Begin with the psychology behind your behaviors and fuse it with an acute understanding of self-awareness, emotion, storytelling, body language, and more. Then look at it all through the lens of the latest neuroscience research, broken down to its most digestible form. And you've arrived. Enhanced messaging, deeper connection, heightened influence, and a greater impact on the world. Welcome to the Neuroside of Influence and Leadership with Renee Rodriguez. Hey, welcome back to today's podcast. And today, we're going to talk about a concept that I think that we hear a lot about and probably most of us are heard the words, things like purpose and why we do something. But I want to, I want to give you a different view of it and maybe some additional things to think about. And, and I also want to urge you to when you hear people talk about purpose, even myself included, this isn't the end-all, be-all opinion, okay? This is designed to be a conversation that goes on for the rest of your life. This is designed to be something that happens weekly, if not daily, if you can, about am I on purpose and what is my purpose? What am I supposed to do with this and why am I existing? These are all good questions because here's the reality. What I've come to learn is that whether or not you ask the question doesn't matter because you will at some point and the older you get in life the more those questions begin to matter and if for god forbid you find yourself facing some sort of life-threatening illness or you find yourself in a very compromised situation those are the questions that rise to the surface and so i've always learned and i learned this when i was 18 when i first it was maybe it was 20 years old when i first read tuesdays with maury great book if you haven't read it but it talks to you about the questions and the things that people face when they're in hospice. And when you're in hospice, you're realizing, okay, my life is going to end. It is a reality. And the wisdom that comes up there, when you remove all the superficial stuff, the wisdom that comes from those moments, I think are the, the most valuable ones. You hear people that know they're dying from cancer, they give their final speech, and I forget the guy's name, but he gave his final lecture. And God, it was so moving and so wise, but it makes you rethink and reconsider everything that we do. And so I want you to think about this concept of spark versus purpose, okay? And I'm labeling that myself. This isn't something you'll find anywhere. That's just what I call it. There are things that spark you to get started, things that really move you to, to go. And sometimes those sparks are, are negative. Like somebody telling you, you can't do something. You hear LeBron James when the haters talk, he always gets on and goes, you keep telling me how I can't do it. You keep telling us how we're not going to do it. And that's only going to spark us to even or move us to even bigger heights. I think sparks okay in the short term. I've got things that spark me being an underdog or somebody not believing in something or people questioning. There, there's all sorts of sort of chips on our shoulders, if you will, that can spark us to move towards something. But what I've also come to learn is that Long term, the spark wears you out. The spark typically isn't something that rejuvenates energy. It usually is something that drives us in short bursts to do things, but it isn't fulfilling. 
proving somebody wrong isn't a fulfilling method to, to find purpose. It might push you over the edge, get out of bed and do something big, but it's not going to fulfill you. You have to transition your spark over to purpose. And sometimes a spark is what gets us started, but purpose is what keeps us going. And so think about the difference. And I guess what I want you to think about is that having a spark isn't bad. So in fact, I tell people, I said, you know, if you're not motivated, what are some of the things that piss you off? What are the things that maybe you want to prove wrong? What are the things that might light that fire under your butt and get you moving and that spark to get things started? And sometimes we just need that. Somebody just need that to, to, to get us pushed, but we got to move over to purpose. And so that's, that's kind of what I want to talk about is one, identifying your spark, but also how do we move over to something a little bit, not a little bit, a lot bigger and a lot more la lasting and something that I think rejuvenates us and gives us more energy and allows us to go further and longer and live a happier life. So what is this purpose? I think there's three things involved when we're talking about purpose. One, it's got to be a feeling like we're connected to something bigger than us something bigger than us. And so that when, when you're connected to something bigger, the, the selfishness and the ego tends to take a seat on the side because it isn't about us. It's about my effect on other people. And when you realize that something's bigger than us, you'll withstand the adversity, the setbacks, because it's just, it isn't about these small moments. I have to do it for something else. And maybe it's your kids. Maybe it's for people that have been through an experience like you have. Maybe it's, it's, it's for the, those that depend on you, right? Maybe if you're running a big team, those the families that depend on you doing that. Like I, for me, I, I know for a fact, people depend on me doing things, which is what drives me to do things that a lot of people, quite frankly, aren't willing to do. And I've got a, some sparks involved in that as well. You know, proving that this book that we wrote is, is, is worthy, that the concepts within it are worthy. And, you know, all those things drive me. But the second part is, it's also we have to know that our work matters. Knowing that our work matters, it helps us know that what we do has an impact, which goes right into the third, is understanding how our work affects other people. When we can see the effects on other people, we see that it matters, and then we see that it's more than not, it's not just about us, it's something bigger than us. It's that end user, the end purpose, the end recipient of the value. And when we see the impact and what it does to their lives, to their families, to their work, to their communities, now we go, okay, so this is so much bigger than me. That is purpose. Now, here's what's cool about purpose. There's a lot of ways to get there, I think. And purpose is also something that you can choose. You can actually choose it. I'm choosing this purpose. Your why sometimes is something that is driven and created, that the driver behind the mission is something that is tied to something big. But your purpose, you can choose it. You can find purpose in anything. You do. You, can, you don't have to be on a grand stage. You don't have to be a celebrity or well-known or have you know tens of thousands of followers to have purpose. You can find purpose in anything. So that, that piece, I think, is critical. When you realize that what I'm doing matters, it's bigger than me, and I can see its effect on other people. And so the way that we get to it, ours, one way to do that, is sort of a, a reverse engineering, if you will. We have to take a look at who we are right now, because we are the product of so many different things that have happened to us in our life, a lot of which were formed when we were kids. That is just a reality. 
And when we can surrender to that reality, we can start taking a look at it and how it was. You know, if I were to ask you what your values are or what what's important to you, your core values, that's a tough question to answer. And so the approach we always take is different because the end product of knowing your values is following them and designing a life around them. And whether you're conscious about it or not, you have designed a life around the things that you value. So if I know that your end result of your values already exist, I'm going to jump to that, which is a question of what makes you unique. Okay. We talked, we had a whole podcast on what makes you unique. And when you think about the three things, let's say three to five things that make you unique, we know, let's say you believe in hard work or you believe in generosity or you believe in your faith or you believe in giving, you believe in whatever it is that you believe in, helping people. That usually is a reflection of something that you value, a personal value of yours. Generosity, it might be, it might be faith, it might be whatever it is, purpose. When you look at that, you say, okay, since those values are, were are are this since those are my values then the science says that those values are formed between the ages of 9 and 13 and so i go okay now don't get hung up on the time by the way the ages this is just a place to look of all the places we can look we're getting clues into a better place and we found that's a pretty good place to look and but don't get hung up on those ages but let's say your value of caring about people and we say okay if that's a value of yours what you think is unique then what happened between ages of 9 and 13 to make that a possibility and make that a reality right now? And so I asked two questions. Then. This is, remember, following the, bread, the, the breadcrumbs. And so the question is, who was around and what happened? And in that moment, in that moment, what we look for, one of two things and sometimes both. One is either a lighthouse. The person that was that shining light that guided us the one we said, we want to be like them. They lived this. They were awesome. They affected us. They were showed up for us. They did something to really affect us at that age to really feel like this is something that I like and I want to be more like. And we pursue a life that honors that. And sometimes, most often, we actually do that unconsciously. And the other thing we look for, because some people will tell us, I just, I never really had anybody. Okay, that's a clue too. We call that the foghorn, right? The warning. Like somebody didn't show up for us when we needed so we don't want to be that way and then you know what's really cool when someone didn't show up for us or we didn't have that mentor or we didn't or something negative happened to us is a lot of people and i believe most people actually start becoming that person they start going after that reality and they start really going into and saying okay how can i be the person that i needed during that time because when i can be that person that people needed during that time Maybe I can heal that past. Now, again, this isn't always conscious, but it becomes a purpose-driven thing. The purpose behind it is either honor or heal the past that we have. And a lot of times it's both, too, where we honor the person that was there, we heal the ones that weren't, and we spend a life doing that. But what's really cool is when we switch that and we understand that now it's not about how, oh, poor me, life happened to me. Why did this happen? I got cancer at an early age. I was abused in this, or people didn't show up. I was, I was picked last on the basketball team. Or, you know, my parents weren't really good. One person, you know, my parents were meth addicts. And, you know, I mean, there's so many, God, there's so many horrific stories out there. But when you realize to say, okay, I can't change those things. I can't change them. 
So what can I do about that? If I can't change them, then what narrative could I choose around that? Well, maybe it's something that didn't happen to me. Well, maybe it's something that happened for me. And that concept is what we call amor fati. And amor fati is when you can start loving your life, the purpose behind it, why we exist. And then maybe taking a look and saying, maybe that happened so that I could build a compassion and empathy around this moment to help people through this time when somebody didn't help me. Think about how many of you listening are in the business of service, serving others, helping them through difficult transactions, maybe it's a financial, mortgage, real estate, insurance. You know, maybe you're an entrepreneur that, that, that brings a solution to people's families. Maybe you're a business executive that is helping manage the complexity of, of a changing market or helping people find purpose in their work as an executive. Whatever it is, what if you could help and find your purpose within that to say, whatever it is that drives me now, there's a reason for it and it usually happened because of something in my past and saying, wow, now I get to live that, heal that, and honor that every single day with the people that I work with and my clients. That connection of those that past and the current is where I believe the strongest version of purpose is found. The challenge is, is how do you go back and look back and say, okay, one is finding that, that that is what makes you unique. And then going back and say, well, what values were formed there? And then being able to say, okay, so because of those values being formed there, how is that affecting my life now? Why is this so critical though? Because right now there's a lot of studies that were done out there. And one that happened right after COVID found that two to three out of, two out of every three employees right now are reconsidering their, their purpose because of what happened. I mean, think about that. Like that means just look around. It's two of the three people you see are thinking about, okay, what is my purpose? And, and I thought it was just this, but it's not. It's, it's more than that because people spend over 90,000 hours over their lifetime at work. 90,000. Like that's insane. And if we think that I can separate my home value, my life and happiness from home and work, you can't. They are one and the same. And the, they do affect one another. If I'm miserable at home, I'm going to be affected at work. If I'm miserable at work, I'm going to be affected at home. And so you've got to be able to find something in there that serves something bigger than you. You know, right now, even the concept of employee engagement, which if you're in a business right now, the great resignation they're calling it right now, because people are reconsidering, saying, you know what, maybe this doesn't fit my purpose. And maybe, you know, I've seen how people are responding. You know, my manager isn't in, in, does not have me in best interest in mind. So I'm reconsidering that. With only 20% of my people at work right now only engaged, and engage people, it means that they, they, they feel like their, their work matters. They're using their discretionary effort to solve problems, but they're truly engaged in their work. It's 20%. It's ridiculously low. And so people need to be able to connect with one another. They have to. That is part of the whole purpose at work. And, and if you're still running a virtual organization, then you need to do whatever you have to to get people reconnected. Yes, it might be efficient. Yes, it might save money to be virtual. But you got to get people back together somehow. That doesn't mean that we will lose sight of it. We're still going to have virtual meetings and Zoom and all that stuff. But you've got to start creating those connections so people can be connected at work. And when they're connected at work, it, it makes us more connected to the things we do and to be able to help our customers. And so there are a lot of benefits to it, though. One of them is, is it incre increases employee engagement. And they say it increases motivation by 55%, loyalty by 42%, and pride in their work by up to 32%. So when you have more meaning. So having meaning at work, those are critical metrics. And so 
Also, it boosts in t- uh, retention. People don't want to leave people they feel connected to. And that retention is about my connection to my manager, the people that I work for and that I work with. And if I can do that, guess what? I won't be absent as often. So even absenteeism goes down. So when you think about absenteeism and you're still paying somebody to come to work or and they're not offering value, or even if they don't get paid for that, they're still not there driving the business forward, these are expensive metrics. And overall, increases right now, some people say up to 22% of employee productivity just just by being more engaged and having a purpose at work. And so not having it can lead to burnout, losing people, and all sorts of other things. But I think the hardest one, don't worry about other people right now. I want you to think about you. Because if you can find your purpose, it doesn't matter if my boss or my manager is in line or not in line, or if, you know, it, it's if I can find my purpose, then I can much clearer work on it and help others find it too. Because we know if you aren't working on your purpose, it can be painful internally. Very, 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 very painful. And the, 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 if you've ever done something that's against your own personal values, you know that that feeling of sort of looking at yourself in the mirror and going, just knowing that it's just not right, it begins to just start eat away at you on the inside, knowing that something isn't right, it's out of alignment. And the scary part is when you start feeling that, you have two choices to remedy it. Two. One, you change your behavior and align with your values. And people say, well, just change your behavior. I said, well, sometimes it's not always that easy. Sometimes there's, there's consequences to that change. It means I've got to change my job and I won't have money. And what if I don't have money? Well, that's a big deal. Sometimes I've got to change relationships and the fallout and the unraveling and everything, the dismantling of that institution, of a relationship, especially if you're married and have kids or if a job that you're dependent upon, or maybe it's a career. But think about how much that matters. So changing what you do, or second one is changing what you believe. And that's a tough one. because Sometimes we lie to ourselves to justify what it is that we're doing. And that can be just as detrimental because at some point it's gonna come back to you. It's gonna haunt you. And so I want you to take this we're going to be expanding on these. I, I think this is a subject that, that needs more attention. But just think about it from this perspective. A spark versus purpose. Identifying your sparks, the things that light you up and get you started. But also connect them to your purpose. Something that is bigger than you. Something that feels meaningful. And something that it, you can see the effect on other people. And then to find it, what makes you unique. And trace that back, those words, those descriptors from your personal values from an early age to either find the lighthouse or the foghorn. And then, if you really want to amplify it, learn how to tell the story of what happened before you tell them the value or what makes you unique. I remember as a kid, I remember this way. My, my grandfather used to always do X, Y, and Z. My father, my mother was an amazing. She was a nurse and how she would treat people. And then now as I find myself, and then you transition that story into the current, you start realizing how you connect with people deeper and you stand out from the crowd. This world is evolving, and you and your messaging needs to evolve with it. And the good news is, it's evolving what I believe to be something that needs to be more authentic and real. Yes, there are a lot of people out there with the fake accounts and and the facades on social media, but it doesn't mean you have to be. I urge you to find your story, connect with the purpose and the spark to whatever it is that gets you moving in the world. Learn how to tell those stories from when you were a kid, 
so that you can find personally that purpose and work in what it is you do. When you can wake up and say, this is why I do this for this reason, and it matters, it's bigger than me, and I can see its effect on the world, I think you'll find you'll be a lot happier, more productive, and a better leader overall. And at home, you'll be a lot more delightful. So that's it for this week. Please stay tuned for next. And our book is out. So please, if you're watching this, you can see it. We've got it. It's awesome. Amplify your influence. Go to Amazon. If you want more than 20 books, reach out to us. Send us an email, and we can help you with that as well. I want to thank you for tuning in this week. And again, we'll see you next week. Thank you for sharing this time with us. If the experience resonated with you, follow us on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or AmplifyMyLife.com. Share it with anyone else who's ready to amplify their lives. And remember to let our hearts speak in sequence. For more from Renee Rodriguez, visit MeetRenee.com.